Hey guys, if you enjoy listening to our show, make sure to go follow us on Instagram at Movie Feeders. We have posts every week, guessing game to guess the next movie we're going to do, the drinking game from the movie we just did, and also some extra bonus content that either didn't make it into the pod or just some best snippets from it. So go follow it and uh, keep up to date. Drugs, Danny? Every day. Good. You were fucking dumb. Yeah. Fuck you too! Boring conversation anyway. What does John Wick, Deadpool 2, Hobbs and Shaw, and Bullet Train have in common? They were all directed by David Leach. Leach? I don't know how you say his name. I think Leach. Leach? We're going to call him Leach. The Leacher. The Leach Man. The The Leach Man's back. Sucking up all the box office love. I actually don't know how this movie did in the box office, but um, uh, yeah, David Leach. I I don't feel, I feel like. And Dave, wait, wait, wait. All right. So David Leach Mm -hmm. directed what? The movie we're talking about today. Which is? Uh, Atomic Blonde. (laughs) Oh, oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, I was looking. (laughs) Rent it wherever you can. Oh, because yeah. it's it's not on anything. It's not it's not on anything. I was looking at who made this movie, and there wasn't really any names that were familiar. And I looked at uh, like the writers, director, editor, composer, just kind of what else they've done, and it wasn't a whole lot. And if they did, it was other David Leach movies. Uh, so it's a fairly it's a fairly I, get, I don't know about unknown or new, but you know, it's it's not it's not the most popular crew that made of this movie. The, you know? That made the movie that made Atomic Blonde. Well, I feel like David Leach is also just like a. He's like pretty new, right? Like, yeah, I he, mean, his first. He's uncredited for John Wick. He was a co-director for it, so yeah, I don't know what that means. He helped direct it, and then maybe like maybe. halfway through, I was actually going to look that up, and I didn't yeah. get the information. I, w- I was interested too, and I saw that. And then did Deadpool two, mm-hmm. Hobbs and Shaw, okay. Um, actually, I've never seen yeah. it, so I can't give well, you an opinion. I can imagine it's crazier than the Furious movies. And then most recently, he did Bullet Train, which I am a big fan of. I bought that movie. Oh, cool! It's a lot of fun. I haven't um, seen it yet, but I've heard good things about it, and it does look like something I want to watch. Yeah, I mean, it's fun, right? It's not movie of the year. It has a lot. Basically, how I felt the movie was, was if someone took a bunch of Adderall and then tried to make a, like, tried to write a movie and then didn't edit it. Wow. Just, like, wrote a script, and that's what it is. First draft. It's just, it's just a first draft like ADHD movie. Okay. 
but it's really fun. So it's a wild ride. Yeah, it's a wild ride. There's like a lot of callbacks and different fun things that. Okay. You know, and Brad yeah. Pitt's kind of a gem in it. Nice. Honestly, yeah, I would I would suggest watching it. It's a it's like a fun Friday night movie. Would it be one you'd want to do for uh, the show? I would say so. Yeah. Cool. It, yeah. And we always like ha- in talking about what you know directors have done or the creators of the movies, so we can kind of talk about that too and tie it in with like. How does this compare to that or this yeah. this and that? So, yeah, for this movie, Atomic Blonde came out in t- 2017. Is based on a graphic novel, uh, which I read. The Coldest City? Mm-hmm. I read that in preparation of this. And it was, it was really cool. Like, it was very different in some regards. The story itself was pretty much the same and a lot of the same scenes, uh, s- a lot of the same characters, some changes, but it was really cool to read that because it helped helped explain the movie a little bit in yeah. like a different way, in a way that the, the movie moves at a faster pace. Yeah. And so a, a lot of stuff is missed in the movie. If you don't read the comic, you don't know. I mean, but yeah, with that, yeah. Like, sorry yeah. to cut you yeah. off. It's just that's how the translation from like book or novel mm-hmm. or whatever is to movies because you have so much time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure they filmed more stuff that may have been yeah in the graphic novel too, and then you just have to end up editing it out. Yeah, and and I think it uh, the movie works by itself just fine Mm. the comic book just lends a little extra perspective and it's cool to see the differences so i would recommend i'd recommend it if you like graphic novels yeah Uh, it's an easy read it's it's stylistic in its own way uh, uh, separate from the movie uh there's there's some more stuff i want to touch on later about the comic versus the movie but that is the source material and then they wrote they wrote the script for it, and I don't think the comic creators were involved at all. They usually aren't, but yeah, usually if you you know sell away mm-hmm. the rights or something, it's you're kind of yeah. just left back. Yeah. So the movie itself is pretty stylistic. By I, yeah, David I'm, Leach. Like I there was definitely a vibe they were going for. D- but David Leach kind of has his thumbprint like on these various movies mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. um there, i mean there's a like i don't know there's it's almost like when you you know when you're watching a david fincher film yeah kind of know like it's graded down or you're watching a kubrick film mm-hmm. um nolan or, for sure yeah, like nolan there's like those there's just like a thumb like a director's mm-hmm. thumbprint on it or like um we were just we were talking about this with like sinister yeah, Scott and, Derrickson. Yeah, and Black Phone, how you were saying that there's very similar... Like, tones to exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've talked about that with a lot of the movies. Yeah, and I mean, der- I mean, you know, it, it's kind of just their, like, personal touch on a film. Yeah, it makes uh, it unique. And so when I looked it up, because I looked up immediately... Because the, the, the name looked familiar, so I looked it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, this is very John Wick-esque. Right. Or very bullet train. Like, uh, there's just a lot of that. 
like high octane action, high octane high focused, style. like close, closely filmed. Mm-hmm. You know, watching every move, like as there's a, a choreographed like takedown. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like showing the cameras moving with the takedown, and then showing like the little parts. Like there's a scene when, uh, like pretty far into the movie when she's fighting the KGB in the stairwell, but just mm-hmm. like the, like he flicks a switchblade mm. and then it like follows the switchblade yeah. for like a second. Like, I don't know, not, not every action movie and action, like, like scene is like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think he just kind of has like a knack for it and they do it a lot in John wick mm. and they do it a lot in bullet train as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of like focusing in more on like the weapon than the fight itself and like showing where like the weapon itself is going yeah. and then kind of like just dubbing in the voices or mm-hmm. what it would be like around the surroundings of whatever that weapon is. Yeah, it's it's giving the viewer the perspective that they want to focus on like the the focus when they do the knife is the knife right like yeah. that's like a new weapon added to the scene and it, it kind of helps it helps you realize oh shit now it's a knife fight sometimes you watch bond or born and a lot of the fight scenes are they they do get up close and personal but a lot of times they're just so fast that you almost don't really you don't realize, really see it yeah you don't really recognize when something dangerous might be added Mm -hmm. because there's so much going on anyway. So yeah, yeah, I see that there's, there's definitely some cool focus that they did on this movie. And uh, as we're talking about like thumbprint and a lot of it's the cinematographer too, but they do a lot of really interesting shots and camera movements in this movie. And it makes it unique. It makes it fun to watch. Sometimes it's too much to the point where it might not age well. Mm-hmm. Or, like, editing has a lot to do with that, too. Like, yeah. Like, the original Bourne movies are just nuts because, like, they're edited so wild. And I've actually never seen those, any of those Matt you haven't? Damon oh, Okay. Gems. Those would be those would be cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Maybe for here. But, I mean, we've already done Mission Impossible. And, like, well, yeah. when we're comparing spy movies, there's, there's a lot of similarities, obviously. But mm-hmm. also a lot of differences. And... I think as a spy movie, this movie is so different than others. It's it's fun. You yeah. know what I mean? I think there's a lot of spy movies that are very serious, mm-hmm. and I'm not not to say that this movie isn't serious. Like there is a a fairly serious like aspect to it. It's a it's a serious plot, but the tone is the fun. the tone is fun. Like you get the the spray paint mm-hmm. title cards. You know, yeah. it kind of gives you. You get or just the in the 80s. beginning. It's like the. Yeah, that 80s aesthetic that they're going mm-hmm. for. like, It's like edgy 80s, though. It's not like yeah. 80s teen movie. It's No, it's like it's edgy Berlin. 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The spray paint. It's, it's you know, it's there's a lot going on. It's yeah. a good one. Sometimes, sometimes I don't like some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I like it to be a little bit more straightforward, but I think it works well with this movie, and I, I like the way it is. Yeah. I feel like if they were to make it different, they would, they should have, the only other way this movie works is if you make it something like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, 
It's another one I haven't seen. Something that's very, very slow. Like a slow burn? Yeah, It and the intensity is not the action, it's the mistrust you have in the other characters. Yeah, it's the it's, suspense that builds. Yeah. That you're like, who is... The, the threats... The threats are a little different. Mm -hmm. And in the comic, it was a little bit more like that. Yeah. So when they make this kind of more of an action movie, they definitely make a choice of we're heading in this direction. And then when you make an action movie, you can do whatever you want with it. You can make it something very serious and realistic like Bond. Or you can make it something fun like they did with this one and they did that they did the latter and i think that helps make this movie unique yeah and it works just with everything they did i feel like they created the vibe well the yeah soundtrack right the mm -hmm. 80s soundtrack the lighting like high contrast lighting the neons yeah the sound i mean the soundtrack made me feel like i was listening to I, like i was in james mcavoy's mm fucking porsche listening yeah. to a cassette the whole time yeah like that's the vibe i was getting was driving around with um percival yeah and uh like those songs are all from the 80s yeah but a lot of them have some sort of like remix or something cover where it makes it a little more modern which also kind of helps too yeah I mean, they knew what they were doing with everything. I thought the editing in this movie was really good. Mm. Um, there was a couple scenes that came to mind when I think about it. Um, and the first one, I think, was the... When... I honestly forget what the Russian dude or KGB guy's name is. Because um, I don't... Which... The guy that like, is kind of like the antagonist in the whole movie the like the big bad the big bad it's the one name i don't have written down yeah whatever so like the big bad kgb guy mm -hmm. um when he goes and he's interrogating all the people who are partying to right right to find uh out if they knew if spyglass was there and he like like beats that kid up with a skateboard yeah. and he like beats him with a skateboard so hard that they cut over and he like spits like the blood splatters on the camera. Mm -hmm. I thought that editing was good. And then when Lorraine is being interrogated, you know, in the scenes when they're going back to the future, <laughs> Bremovich, um, Bremovich is the big bad KG Bremovich. Got him. Uh, <laughs> when, Got that commie. When they when they come back to the future, no pun intended, of <clears throat> the debrief. The debriefing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They she, there's one scene when she's talking about seeing uh like seeing her spy lover hookup guy mm -hmm. die, like his dead body when she went to see him and how when life turns slow into like a slow um when everything oh, slows yeah. down and, and it does the like film, the film reel that mm -hmm, that burns yeah. i liked that i was just like that kind yeah. of editing was cool yeah it, it and that matches the aesthetic too of what they're going for like nothing really felt out of place which is yeah always nice because sometimes that stuff does and i feel like we've mentioned that in movies before where we're like 
Oh yeah, that was kind of weird. Like they add, they like it didn't. It felt unnatural to add it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I think of this, it sparks a question, and I I, I I'll jump forward quick, but then we can kind of go through more of the strokes the actual of the movie, movie yeah. from front to back. But um, we could go back to front later when everything's all movie. said and yeah. done, and she's figuring it out. There's a scene when it shows her kind of figuring out Percival and mm-hmm. everything, and it shows her, like someone like taping together mm. like film, the, yeah. and so I I couldn't tell if that was a visual of her putting everything together, like she was taping the pieces yeah. that she had, or if that was her being like a fucking CI double agent and mm-hmm. like taping together audio to make it sound like Percival was. Yeah. Satchel. Yeah, it was the latter. Yeah. Because, yeah, we can get into it, but that is a cool thought of, oh, she's literally piecing things together. Yeah. But she also knew more than she gave on. If you haven't seen this movie already, bro, and you're listening to us, it's your fault, but she was a fucking CI double agent the entire time. I texted you. Wild. I was like, dude, she's a double agent. And then she was a fucking triple agent. I was like, no, because she walked into the Russians. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no way. Yeah. And I'm like, she's about to get got. And then she fucking didn't get got. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden she's on the plane with John Goodman. And then they got got. I caught it immediately when she started talking English to Bremovich. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my That's, gosh. I, I, as soon as I heard her start speaking, I was like, she's speaking in English. Like, it's not old. It's not like British. Like, it. she's speaking American now. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. That's, I got got the whole time. <laughs> That's sometimes hard for me to realize. Yeah. Even when I watched it through again and I, you know, I knew the ending, I still didn't really, like, pick that up in mm-hmm. a way. Like, like I did know she was talking American, but I wasn't thinking, oh, it's not something it's you not, think about. It's not right? super dramatic of a change from her, her yeah. British to her. Like there's there's a gap between when she talks British to American and like because she was in that scene, she was talking Russian. Russian. Yeah. Before, so there's. So I think from blends, the, the switch right? from Russian to like American English. Was I was able to catch that mm-hmm. quicker, but if she just did like a quick from like oi to like <laughs> in it, hello, you know, it would be yeah. yeah different. Yeah, that's definitely a cool thing to catch if you can. And I read there was even a part where she spoke English at the bar with uh. Delphine mm-hmm. LaSalle, the the French agent. Yeah. I'm not, I I read it after I saw it and I didn't go back and look, but apparently it's when the French agent orders her drink, the Stoli on the rocks, and she says, Lorraine says, uh, like you pay attention to detail or something. But apparently that line was in English, but I don't know. It could it could have not been and someone thought it was and wrote yeah. that, but That'd be interesting. interesting to look look for. Yeah. See if she slips. There. So this movie, you know, I think it's a great story. 
I think it's a really, really thought out, action packed movie. Uh, fun, good visuals. A bit complicated though. You know, I think it's yeah. it's it's moving fast, mm-hmm. and so it it's 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 quick. Right. The pace, the pacing, the amount of characters. Yeah. And they also have some code names. There's definitely some confusing factors. And that was another thing that the that reading the comic helped with because, you know, it, it's slower. You get to read the names and you get to know the characters a little bit more. Yeah. So you get to kind of understand the story more. And so going into the movie, I felt a little bit more like prepped you know like mm-hmm. i kind of know the story a little bit more and most people won't do that and no. i remember when watching that for the first time just kind of being like whoa what like who's who who's what why what's happening now where are we going there's, what is happening there's there's there is a lot that goes on it is it is a little twisty turny there at the end too and stuff yeah and, but the movie also gives away a lot more earlier in the movie and throughout the movie than the comic book does. Like the comic saves so much for the end where it, they almost do like a word vomit at the end where they just spill the beans on everything and they kind of lay it all out, which doesn't translate very well in a movie. Like we want to, the audience wants to piece stuff together. They don't want to just watch a monologue at the end explaining everything. So we see early on Percival doing a lot of the bad stuff where in the book, we didn't know if Percival did that and neither did Lorraine when she went in. So yeah, the viewer for the movie already knows that he's bad. And in the book you suspect it, but you don't really know. Yeah. And so it's kind of a, there's kind of a thing where you're being introduced to this character through L- Lorraine's perspective and you only know what she knows and she doesn't trust him. And that's a whole thing in the movie. It is that too. But since the viewer knows it kind of takes that element away. And so. now, I would even argue that Percival really isn't bad. He's just doing his job and you find mm-hmm. like I you know, he's there to be that uh like deceiver, you know? Yeah. And well, he th- he's just doing his job mm-hmm. for MI6 and you realize that at the end when you realize that Lor- Lorraine is actually Satchel and then Satchel mm-hmm. works for the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um and that he sold out her to the Russians mm-hmm. to so that they would kill her because like he just wanted to do his job and he I mean he loved the chaos of being in Berlin right that's mm-hmm. that was kind of his down his downfall but he even said like he just wanted his he wanted his fucking cup of tea with the queen yeah you know like he just he was just doing his job yeah um yes but he also killed in the beginning Gascon who was the MI6 agent with the list he was his like number 2 so he so, so he gave up Gascon to the rush to the other KGB guy cuz the KGB guy killed i i think so Actually, maybe maybe let's cut this out because I might be getting confused with the book because it, it's a little different there. Yeah, in the in the beginning of the movie, right. it's that l- ponytailed guy that um, 
James McAvoy ends up like sticking an ice pick in his head. Who kills? Right. right. Yeah. Who kills yeah. Gascon? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that wasn't that wasn't I forgot that wasn't Percival. Yeah. So yeah, no, you're right. Like he does just want to. He's just doing his job. He, I think he goes his issue native. is that he goes fucking feral. Yeah. In and he does stuff to survive there. Their comment about his Sinead O'Connor hair was great. Mm-hmm. To blend in. Yeah. And I think it was also cool how he became like a black market dealer. Mm-hmm. Because what better way to get connections to the underworld and the world of that he's in, you know? Yeah. And to be as a dealer people don't necessarily want to kill you they want to work with you right so that also helps give him some security so that was a really cool um addition to the character that the comic book didn't have and it made a lot of sense like there was there was really nothing in the book that made percival like why like why is he still there why is he still alive no, no but this gave him reason yeah but it also made him go native more like he's definitely part of that Berlin crazy crowd. Like literally living outside of the wall, mm-hmm. out of the DMZ. The Watch MacGuffin. Is this one of the first movies where like the fucking MacGuffin was just so hardcore MacGuffining? So much. Like it <sighs> drove. It just absolutely drove the plot. Yeah. But like, was never used. <laughs> like it yeah. was just like. You know what I mean? Yeah, the the so the list was in the watch and we find that out like right away. Yeah, right and away. And then the li- the list gets stolen in the beginning when the KGB agent kills Gascon, right? Mm-hmm. So that starts off the movie and that is the MacGuffin, right? In the first yeah. scene. And then the whole rest of the movie is trying to find the watch. Yeah. Until they realize, oh, we can just go to the agent spyglass because he has all the information. We don't because he he created the list, right? right? Which is pretty cool because you think, oh yeah, we're all chasing after this object, but we could just go get the guy. Yeah, right? and then they yeah they switch the ideology of like going after the watch to him, mm-hmm. um, and then back to the watch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's why I think it's confusing because they don't, you know, with a lot of moving parts, mm-hmm. they're kind of doing like one of those like hidden ball tricks under a cup where it's mm-hmm. like, which one do we want? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think uh, if you like a, a normal viewer, um, and I'm not going to lie, when I was watching this last night, I was actually like fairly tired. I watched it at the end of my like day. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, it's it's and like if you, you <laughs> it know, takes energy to it takes keep energy up and, to kind of keep up with it. Yeah, and so but I think once you understand the story and you get a pretty good grasp on what happens and why, it's really interesting. Hmm. But it might take a little extra work to get there. Yeah. So. So yeah, this list right is contains all of the agents in Berlin from every intelligence agency yeah and it's, it's basically just like a burn list yeah and we talked about this in mission impossible because they were trying to get the list the, the knock list the right? knock list and then it is the knock list this is a knock list yeah right? and then in you know skyfall the the MacGuffin in that movie was also a list mm-hmm. at the beginning yep of the agent names and then 
the bad guy gets it and releases all the names. So it's definitely a common theme. Mm-hmm. But what's also cool is the l- even though the list is important, it helped. It was, it wasn't the only thing that they were going after. Like they were going after other information too. Like who's Satchel? Who's the double agent? Is Percival? Is he a double agent? Is he on the right track or not? So it, for the for the agencies like MI6 and everything, yeah, they wanted the list, but they also were they needed more information. So yeah. sending in an outsider to do that, you know, yeah, helps them find out stuff too. The uh, as soon as she gets picked up at the airport mm. was it's just I mean even before then. There's just a lot of, like, surprising things to me. Like, I honestly, I mean, I guess I didn't realize the movie was rated R, mm-hmm. but of course it is. Sure. And then just, like, for some reason, the thing that pointed it out to me was just, like, the first, like, time she takes a bath, I'm like, oh, that's full naked, like, Charlize oh, yeah. Theron. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, this is rated R. <laughs> I thought mm-hmm. this was going to be, like, Bond, like, PG-13. Right. Um, yeah, and that that's another thing that separates it from other spy movies, which yeah. is pretty neat. I mean, like, th- there's you have nudity, you have a, just a lot of vulgarness and a lot of a lot of violence. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot headshots of- mm-hmm. with guns. I mean, I don't know why I was surprised at that, but like for some reason, that was just a surprising scene. To sure, me. sure, and. uh that opening with her in the tub is like pretty sweet. They do some really cool shots with that and the lighting's cool. It's very moody. Yeah, her trap. She dude. is she is beat to hell. So she's so beat up. And that's like her little like her moving her back like that, oh, like her trap. Like feel it. You oh, know? Like she's just like stiff from a ice bath and mm-hmm. they do a lot of uh a lot of alcohol shots in this movie too like alcohol pouring shots Mm -hmm. like they show her pouring stoli like into her glass a lot they Mm -hmm. show you know mcavoy drinking nips a lot or shooters or whatever you call Mm -hmm. uh their little shots and it's just it it, it just shows a lot of alcohol pouring yeah but i i think it's not just gratuitous i feel like there's reasons for that beyond like it looks cool it's like i think it's people yeah it's showing the stress level of these mm -hmm. people like and like numbing the pain and Mm -hmm. that that actually kind of brings up something i read where um james mcavoy uh was interviewed and he learned that after world war ii mi6 recruited alcoholics drug addicts and gay men because they had experience keeping secrets interesting yeah and so he incorporated like the alcoholic and druggy persona into percival from what i from what i read that he like added that which was really cool and it helped with the whole native thing but yeah like they're alcoholics yeah like like bond is too like it's just it's a numbing for them yeah, it's just and like an absolute numbing agent, mm-hmm. and it's you know because anyone you get to numbing agent for an agent. Yeah, any anyone you're you're around for too long usually just ends up dead. Mm. Yeah, and and that whole thing with Gascon, 
the guy who dies at the beginning, there's very light hints that he and uh, Lorraine Broughton were uh, love interests. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was she was upset, and they show mm-hmm. her, like, just, like, it's kind her of like memories of him. Yeah, of them, like, kind of, like, I don't know, yeah, pillow like, talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that was new. That wasn't in the comic at all. Yeah. And I, I kind of didn't like that they added that, because I, I feel like movies do this a lot, where they always try to humanize things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I kind of just want the mission. I don't want it to have to be personal. Yeah, I mean, like, I almost wonder, too, do you think he knew that she was CIA? Because she brings up a point when she's in bed with um, the French girl, and she's, like, uh, talking about what Lorraine looks like when she's being honest and how oh, she looks yeah. different. And she's, like, someone once told me, like, or, d- like, I'm pretty sure a flashback, he says something mm-hmm. like, you got to watch out or you're going to get killed. And so, like, I wonder if he knew. I feel like they... Or if she was just, like, mm. fucking satcheling people back and forth. <sighs> Gosh, maybe. Maybe, because he was MI6. Yeah. And she was CIA. So, like, he probably... At that time, that he probably knew she was MI6, too. But, I mean, we, we know nothing about that. And they don't touch on it that much, so it's really not that much of a driver. No, they do the big reveal at the end, and you're like, fuck, she's just been pulling the strings the whole time. Yeah. So, after that tub scene, yeah, she goes in for debriefing. And that's when we really realize, oh, this is the end of the movie. Yeah. Like, this is, or the end of the story, right? Like. Mm-hmm. she's been through all this shit and this is what she looks like because of it. Yeah. You don't really register it when they say 10 days later. Mm-hmm. Right. After, cause they just show the right. death and then they go 10 days later and she's in cause the you bathtub. Mu- cause you think, Oh, okay. 10 days later, this after is where the, the story yeah. picks up. Mm-hmm. But it's like now nah, 10 days later, but we're going to go jump back. Yeah. 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 Do you like, do you like that? Do you like the jumping the type of movies where it's like, you know, going back and explaining the yeah, and like with this movie, obviously with the debrief, mm-hmm. they tell the story. She tells a portion of the story. They jump back, and they tell it, and then they kind of do some cutting back and forth. I don't mind it. It's very, uh, it's it's like kind of a. I don't know if it's a trope or a cliche, but it's it's something that pops up a lot. Like, if you've seen the Usual Suspects, mm-hmm. it's like that. Yeah. Right. Where it's like trying to figure out what happens. Yeah. While also misleading the audience. Mm -hmm. It's I think it's a really cool device because if Broughton says one thing and then we see her do something different. Yeah. Like that's pretty cool. That's something we know that the interrogators don't. Right. And I mean, you're immediately led to believe that she hates the CIA because she calls John Goodman a cocksucker. More comfortable. I could stand behind the mirror with everybody else, but it's a little crowded back there. Cocksucker. What did you say? I didn't say anything. Sorry. Did you say something, Ryan? Did you hear me say something? I thought you said something. What did you say? So, yeah. I wasn't ready for that switch at the end. It's a good one. Yeah. The device also has to make sense with the story, and this one, of course, does. Like a debrief is a natural step after a, after a, you know, 
Yeah, but you mission. know that she's kind of she she done fuck something up. Yeah, and right? you know she's beat up, and it's like, oh man, we're gonna see her she go through like some shiner. Shit. Yeah, and yeah, bruises all over her body, and they ask her questions, and it helps drive the story. I think it also serves as, uh, to help clarify some things. I think for the audience's sake, maybe there could have been some more clarifications to make sure the audience is on the same page going forward. Yeah. They could have done that, but I also don't like that much handholding. Yeah. I think that this movie might have been better with a little more handholding. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get it. Like, they were going for that. If you didn't catch it, you didn't catch it. And you're right. They do leave a lot of breadcrumbs because uh, – they have that like flash too when she's in the city and she meets John Goodman on mm. the stairs overlooking the wall. Yeah. And then he gives her the thing that she then calls mm-hmm. and the phone number tells her satchel's been made and she like slams the phone to get down mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. So, but that it gives, you know, yeah, but that is also, that could also be, he was sent by C, you know, and that message could have been from like it still could have been that, and like you're saying, there's all these breadcrumbs, but there's so much of them, and there there's so many different ways it can be interpreted that it's hard to piece it all together. Bill Skarsgård is in that first scene with Percival, and I was like, oh shit, Bill Skarsgård! Oh, like, I wrote Pennywise! It in my, yeah, I wrote it in my notes. I was like, are we only gonna see him for a quick second? But then he like keeps showing up and. I, from my research that I did, it's like, you know, he's there at the end when she kills all the Russians. So, like, he works for the CIA. Like, he's a CIA contact. But yeah. you don't really know that. Like, I thought he was he might Percival's also, contact. But well, he, he, was he might there. also just be working for the highest bidder. Yeah. Like, in in the book, his character was – he was kind of just – almost like a gun for hire but he worked with all of those agencies just a- anything against just like, the kgb in yeah, a way like kind of like a mercenary he was like an ally for the allies yeah you know but he obviously like there's just like different stuff like she mm-hmm. asked him before they're trying to bring spyglass across the wall yeah like is everything else in place like right. they've talked and right. then she they definitely had it in plan. all the umbrellas and mm-hmm. you know he wasn't necessarily working with Percival at that moment because Percival was trying to kill Lorraine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the first scene we see after the debrief or from the debrief is that airport scene where she gets picked up and she's instantly made. Yeah. The car she enters is, uh, the Russians. And so that's an added action sequence which was pretty cool. I mean, she fucking beats that dude with her, with heel. her heel. It's like, that's just a, f- that's just a fun thing that is unique to this character because bond and born wouldn't do that. They don't take their shoes off. Like, no, you know what I mean? It's taking s- stuff that are just like women attire or just mm-hmm. like being resourceful as a woman. Right. And making it kick ass. Yeah. Which is like a lot of fun. There's there's other things she did uh, as a female agent that are just unique to her being a female agent. Like, 
uh, at one point she was like she was out of bullets with her gun but she used the gun like in her fist yeah it's like that yeah same with like the keys why wouldn't too yeah. right right she, why like, wouldn't you do that pulled the keys and then was using them kind of as, as, as like a, a weight and mm-hmm. then stabbed that dude in like the side of the cheek right whereas like you know Ugh. bond or ethan hunt mm-hmm. uh they're just trying to use brute force mm-hmm. and you yeah. know i think the being the resourcefulness is like mm-hmm. a little more witty and a little like yeah. smarter right it you know shows because she could still shows kick her ass. skill like she still kicked a bunch of ass with yeah. brute force don't get me wrong but she just seemed more smarter than you know head down let me just punch Barrel everybody in these the guys. face yeah, and you know what? That gets boring to watch. I yeah. want to see her jump out a window with a hose or whatever it yeah. was. I want to see her use her heel. Like that stuff's fun to watch because it's different and it's interesting and it's it's yeah, you know, it's just fun. Like, I mean, one of the one of the cool scenes that I picked up on was that KGB fight scene when she's trying to protect Spyglass mm-hmm. uh, and there's more KGB people coming in and they run into a flat and she just holds her gun head height and waits for someone to walk in. Yeah. That and was just like immediately shoots him. And I was yeah. like, I, that was just smart. Yeah. That was cool. That was a straight homage to Godfather two. Really? Yeah. There's a scene in Godfather two where young Don Corleone is stealing a rug with the help of one or whatever. And um, they're in like this person's house stealing the rug, and then these cops come up to the door and knock on the door. Yeah. And like one of the guys like stands by the door, gun pointed directly at where the head would be if the cop were to walk in. Yeah. But then he walks away. But like that's totally that because it was framed the same and mm-hmm. just the same thing. But it was cool to see. It's <laughs> see just him a actually smart come move. In. Yeah. Yeah. And then she does a lot of – she's really quick, so she'll do a lot of ducking and running. And yeah. she used uh, people's body weight against them a lot, and mm-hmm. she used her own body weight a, a lot. A lot of counterweight. So yeah. It all made a lot of sense. It wasn't like, oh, she's just kicking ass. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't that easy. Like, she worked for it, and you, you felt it, and you saw her work for it. Yeah. So. And, like, I mean – she's just attractive too it's like it's fun it's it's, fun to watch yeah it's like to me that's the same as like when black widow is like yeah crawling around people and doing like fucking mma moves and then taking them down i'm like oh shit like yeah and on top of that it's an attractive person yeah and same thing with other other spy movies like you know bond's a good looking guy it's cool to see him beat the shit out of people yeah but he's not doing like no you're sick right. ass fucking mma moves or you know jiu-jitsu right. shit That's he's true. just like kicking knees and punching people in the chest and face you know yeah. what i mean like i don't know it's just yeah it's I not mean, as like you can see someone get kicked in the face or you can see someone get kicked in the face with the boots that lorraine broughton wore and i'm gonna pick the boots every time and that actually is a good place for us to talk about our first sponsor for this ad. No way. <laughs> Sorry. And that's actually a good place to talk about our first ad for this show. This episode is brought to you by Broughton's Boots. Oh, shit. The preferred footwear for Femi Fatels. 
Using smuggled genuine leather from East Berlin, Broughton's boots are handcrafted to fit snugly above the knees, perfect for distracting a man's eye before using those very boots to kick his ass. When you're strutting down a street, jumping off a balcony, or falling downstairs, these boots will stay on wherever your mission may take you. Even in the coldest city, these knee-high leather boots will keep you warm, mobile, and in fashion whether you're British, Russian, and or American. Step in a pair of Broughton's boots today from your local black market dealer and you too will feel atomic. Wow. That's crazy. Um. <laughs> yeah, dude, I love her boots. <laughs> Such a good look. <laughs> ah, I just love boots anyway. And uh, <laughs> those are some good boots. Those are some good <laughs> boots, dude. Those those boots are fucking fire. Um she is rocking those boots. Also the hair just also on point. Yeah, hair's on point. Color she's cut. She's got pff, long legs too and like yeah. she's tall. Like when I'm watching this movie, mm-hmm. you know, I don't I feel like she's just she's she's portrayed to be more intimidating. Yeah, like I'm scared you know of her I mean? and I like it. Yeah. Also her her size and stature makes her a a more believable agent yeah in a way it's like yeah i could see a a taller more athletic person being a spy like that's more yeah. believable i mean i looked it up and she has great fits too charlise is 510 so like she's taller, she's taller than, than me than most women i would yeah. say and in heels too no less so she's mm-hmm. at another three in, two three inches yeah damn right <sighs> Scary. Can I just point out um, the watchmaker is Hugo Stiglitz? Hugo Stiglitz. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. That was fun. And there's a Wilhelm scream in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's when she jumps out of the window and he's, yeah, he's getting, getting dragged. Pulled. That scene is so cool. She's like, I want something better if I knew. He was the only one who knew I was going to Gascoigne's apartment. <laughs> And if I knew he was going to call the police, I would have worn a different outfit. She is so kick-ass. She's just very attractive, too. <laughs> and it's just fucking I'm sorry. I'm great. Sorry. It is. It is. No, it is. It's just great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with saying, but, like, if you're... A heterosexual male, that's an attractive scene, dude. If She's you're a heterosexual... rolling around, kicking ass... Oh yeah, if you're a heterosexual female, that's attractive. It's just it's it's universally attractive. Yeah. It just is. And that's a fact. I f- I I feel like from that conversation I can go into something that I want to talk about. But if you want to talk a little if we want to kind of wrap up more of going through the movie first, mm-hmm. we can do that. I mean, Just I have keep things on track. I have nothing other to say about the movie. You know, like okay. most of the time, if you're listening to this pod, you've watched the movie. Yeah, we don't so need to really like go through the movie. We don't necessarily right? need like, to go through it, but it just I will helps say bring up stuff. This movie made me really want to smoke a cig because they're oh, okay. just constantly romanticizing sucking down cigarettes. Sure. And two, um. I think another one of the shots or just like badass things that I witnessed that in this movie that was just very it always makes me wince when I see it is the 
like stabbing someone with a knife and then like using the palm of your hand to Ooh, then like push it in, push it in and then like punching the palm of your hand. Like she puts a knife yeah. into someone's neck and then like uses the force with the other hand to like punch the hand oh. in to the dude's neck. That pretty the, gnarly the hand that she's holding the knife. Yeah, that is a I've seen, you know, you see it in John Wick, too. So it's pretty it's just one of those gnarly things. Yeah, it's just adding insult to injury, yeah. and you're just like the stab. Oh, you're like, dude, you're ne- you're done, but now you're really done. So <sighs> quick, um, and then sorry, three. What dude, is this? Just, just, just my just random thoughts on this. Love before it. we get into your escapade diatribe. Of, yes, um, James McAvoy just has so much saliva. <laughs> He's just he just has so much spit. All the time. Do you think that helps his performance or do you think it distracts from it? I think it helps. Yeah. But I, I think intensity. that he's just like, it's when intensity. she just like is, when she's just like choking him on the bed, he's just like salivating and just like, and if you ever seen the movie wanted, like he's just like sweating and saliva spitting everywhere. And he's a same, spitty guy. And same when he's the, uh, beast thing in split. split. Yeah. He's just like, Dude just has yeah. saliva. Like he probably has Sometimes the most functioning saliva glands. glands. Yeah, of any actor I've ever witnessed in my life. So that's what I got for you. And he just adds. He just uses that. Use it. Use it. Use, use it. it. Use it. Use it. So we were talking about how much we appreciate Charlize Theron. Theron, 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 Lorraine Broughton, uh, her, how pleasant it is to watch her kick ass. But having said that, I feel like what what makes this character and movie so good is that the 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 main character Broughton could have been a man, and that's why the character is well written. And that's why it w- works as a female agent without without just adding a, the trope of using sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like, like sh- she's an effective agent regardless of her gender. Yeah. Th- th- there's not a lot of using her sexuality. Like, she actually doesn't seduce much. And the only time that she does is when she sleeps with somebody, but it's actually with another woman. On there's on like the same side, and yeah. it feels it feels more. It doesn't feel like there's really much of an ulterior motive, and because it's a woman, it does make it feel. No, dude, spies are just horny. Right, like, spies, it's spies another are way just to fucking. Yeah, it's another way to let the lead out, like. Alcohol suppresses it, but you still got to get, you still got to let it out. Yeah. And so she just, yeah. I mean. But yeah, I really, I just really appreciated that they didn't use. Over-sexualize her. her right. Or, or, and use her sexuality or like ability to use her sexuality as a crutch for the character. Like she yeah. didn't need that. Yeah. Like she could use it, but she didn't need to. No. It and wasn't like the first thing that it wasn't like her go to, right? It wasn't like she was like you know, her 
her go-to was attractiveness or that she was a female or anything like that. It was just like, she's a well-respected agent who's mm-hmm. just kick ass. And to me, honestly, I think that's what makes her more just a, like attractive mm-hmm. is the fact that she's like that badass, Yeah. Fucking kicking people with knee high boots and like, a garter on holding up stockings yeah. and knee high boots and cuz she could do all of that killing in people sweatpants and a, and tennis shoes yeah and she would be just as effective but it doesn't it doesn't matter to her no like she's that good and i think that's what that's what that comment in that scene was where she was like i would have worn a better outfit mm-hmm. you know what i mean she went over there just to she went over there do dressed like that just to do some recon yeah um and so I think that was, you know, it's a nice little comment there. Yeah. But like, yeah, the fact that she's like dressed that way and she's running around kicking ass. Yeah. I mean, she also does, though. She goes over to the east side and heals. Yeah. But I mean, like, like nothing's going to happen. She's the type of person who care clearly cares about what she looks like and what she wears. And that's just that's her character trait. But it's it's uh makes the character more fun to watch it's like bond in his suits yeah like i want to see him wear a suit yeah i do too it's a sick ass suit and at, got all, what, is no he wear a bow tie or is he gonna wear a tie and like at no point in my life would i ever fight in a suit but it still makes me want to wear a suit even though i have no reason to wear john a suit. wick does it it's cool it's badass it looks good what's also cool is she didn't wear like dresses in this no, you she know? does, but she doesn't like fight in them. True, you no, know, she wears a dress oh, to yeah, go out the, at the bar. There's also the dress at the end with um, Bremovich, mm-hmm. the red one. Yeah, that's oh yeah, that's true, that's true. But which it's, also, um, she's very functional, kind yeah. of, mm-hmm. apart from the heels. Yes, but it doesn't matter because she's so badass, just so badass. Just if you had to get, if you had to give her a label, it'd just be badass. badass. So. I've I've heard complaints from women that I know about how women are written. Yeah. And a lot of times especially if it's written by a man, the characters just have some sort of trope or like stereotype. Yeah, I mean women. when like you have like but no dude knows what it's like to be a girl and no girl knows what it's like to be yeah. a guy. But and I, so, like, writing the opposite mm-hmm. sex can be very polarizing, and you can see where, like, the writing for different people come from. And, like, mm-hmm. I, we, you can tell that the babysitters in Halloween are written by a female, and it's yeah. done right that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I watched How to lose a guy in 10 days like mm-hmm. the character of the female lead seemed like it was very much written by a man which now i don't know for a fact if it is mm-hmm. but it just but seemed, if you got that feeling i got like, that feeling that it was written by a guy yeah and I, it's kind of easy to tell if you look at it like if you look at the dialogue like is that what a man would want a woman to say like if they yeah, a lot yeah, of times yeah. it's like because it's seductive or like too cute or um <sighs> witty like you know like there's there's little cues where it's like oh this is what a man would want a woman mm-hmm. to say 
but yeah. in on paper this movie if you read Lorraine's dialogue it could just as easily be a man mm-hmm. it's a unisex so I, character yeah so I think that's just I, you know not not for every character but for characters where the gender doesn't really matter write it unisex but I thought I thought this movie is a great example of that yeah I believe and so I mean you could switch I wouldn't necessarily say you could switch, but like, dude, James McAvoy could have been. Yeah. Played that character. Uh, LaSalle was a guy in the book. Okay, really? And that was an awesome switch that it, it gives, it gives the movie a, a, a greater audience. Yeah. It gives, I think, Broughton um, a more interesting just character that. And it also it, there's a little bit more security. Like we were talking about the sex scene, it gives almost a little bit more security with that, where it's like, oh, it wasn't. She wasn't really really using that as a tool. Yeah, it was more just for fun. Yeah, because I don't. She didn't really get anything out of Lasalle. Like, no, there's no real reason for her to better. No, and Lasalle is also working with Percival, right? Um, not really. Well, I'm. Well, yes, because they were. Both French yeah. and MI6 were kind of working together, but uh, LaSalle knew Percival was was working with um, the Russians Yeah, from the beginning because she had those photos, right? Mm-hmm. So she, she didn't trust him, and there's nothing to, to really believe why we wouldn't trust LaSalle. Yeah. I mean, other than just the suspense of being in a spy movie and being like, do we trust this person? Right. Is this satchel? Mm-hmm. Cause we don't yeah. know that answer yet. That's true. Right. But when you watch it, knowing that, that she's just a French agent, mm-hmm. you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. There's, there's not much more behind this. Yeah. Do you, who do you think would win? There's a good, in is that a, a f- is that a gun in your pocket or are you, are you just happy to see me moment between those two? <laughs> um, is that a gun in my pocket or are you just wearing knee high boots? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think would win in a fight between Bond and Broughton? Um, <laughs> it's just impossible. It, it's, Bond, Broughton, Bourne, and Hunt. Oh, Jesus. Well, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. Like, Jason Bourne would kill all of them. He's just so... He's just so I think Jason Bourne would probably kill all of them. Um, I know you're a big Bond fan, but he's just a little he's too... He's pretty scrappy. He's a, He's just like... Unless we're talking about Daniel Craig's Bond, well, I just... I don't know. <laughs> I think... I would I, I would say so, because he's don't more modern. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean... You know... I think Bond is maybe the best shot. Yeah. I think he's probably born as the best hand-to-hand combat. Mm-hmm. Hunt can do the best stunts. Yeah, and Broughton, I probably would say, is like the wittiest, most the most clever. Yeah, the most resourceful fighter, and I would say second to. Fuck, I don't know. Some of those fight scenes are really choreographed in Bond. Yeah, hers just seems so real. Yeah, I mean, there's that scene when her and that dude are just like so tired from yeah, fighting it's so cool and she like, just how picked, often do you see that like never like you, it's so it, cool you can scene, like feel how they're tired they're so are. tired they're like she can't even get up like it's 10 seconds of her stumbling yeah to even In a stand fight up to the death yeah 
and she finally gets the corkscrew and pulls that out. But, you know, and that's why I think it's a little more realistic. Like some stuff when they add in, in bond, like dude's back is broken or he gets shot. Yeah. And he's just still walking. It's like, yeah, but you got shot in, yeah, you know. and like he never really gets shot. Like, dude, her she takes like punches and headbutts to the face and has like a swollen face for half this movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's a little more realistic. I like of it, showing it. that. You know, yeah. If they have Bond come out with like a a UFC fighter's eye where he can't even look out of it, I'd be like, all right, I get it. Yeah. Well, how's he gonna? How's he gonna? get the information he needs from the hot lady at the casino I don't with know. the black eye. I I don't know how he got information out of any woman after that scene with the fucking rope. Say Avita's into your Nazi balls. <laughs> oh my Hugo god. Stieglitz. That is probably one of the hardest scenes to watch in a oh. in a in a spy movie ever. That is just if you want every time, me just, to tell you uh, something. Just <laughs> um, I think um, now's a good time to do our other sponsor. Um, I'm going to be honest, Drew. Uh, we, we... We really, we, we really, really sold out on this one. Did we sell out? Yeah, we, we really <laughs> sold out on this one. Um, so they just, they just really paid me or us a lot of money because they knew one of their competitors was gonna be on the show today. Um, so today's podcast is brought to you by satchel's designer boots <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> you wrote this you wrote this shit in for an hour <laughs> before we recorded this pod i wrote my ad two nights ago <laughs> no sorry i i <laughs> i commissioned i approved the ad from broughton's boots two nights ago <laughs> no. hey they called me. What about if they you make kn- it Satchel's Satchel's? No. <laughs> they called me and said, we have a perfect <laughs> opportunity to compete today. God damn it. This is the first time we've had. Hey, no? actually, what a better way to see no. who. Mission Impossible. We had two gum ads. Did we? Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. So I know it's I know it's not personal, dude. We live in a capitalistic society. What better way to determine the better company? Yeah, I mean it's driven by competition. If America has taught us anything, it's that freedom isn't free, and there's a hefty Hefty fucking fucking fee. fee, and that also comes with competition and capitalism. Let's uh let's hear your their pitch. Yeah. So today's podcast is brought to you by Satchel's Designer Boots. Girls, are you in the market for some new boots? Do you want something sexy and stylish yet sturdy and comfortable enough to complete espionage missions in? Look no further than Satchel's Designer Boots. We have a fine variety of styles for you to find exactly what you're looking for. 
our top seller is a black knee-high styled boot that we call the Lorraine. Ooh. It's light and sexy yet durable and agile. With option for steel toe implants, you'll be able to kick your way out of any situation. You at the bar and some guy doesn't get the hint that you're not into him gets a little handsy? One kick with these bad Lorraines and he'll have a permanent limp for the rest of his life. You can... <laughs> you can have a nice night out on the town or kick some ass and spy around. <laughs> Damn it. You can also get the Lorraines in stiletto fashion that are made with steel heels that can pierce glass and skin. This would give you more attacking power, but less stealth. Use code ATOMIC for a site-wide 30% off this holiday season. In one sentence, um, my first impression of the movie, or just impression of the movie, was there's a lot of action. High octane. Get it? Yes. Boom, boom, pow. And... Yes. But complicated oh, storyline. Okay. I think it's a nice mix. I feel like the movie isn't just nonstop action. But when there are action scenes, I like all of them. And they're all unique. You know, there's the car chase scene. There's the, there's the, the like, apartment scene with, like, jumping out the window. There's the hallway, the stairwell scene, of course. Mm-hmm. And, um the the other one where she stabs the guy in the face because there's like that cool backdrop like she gets kicked through a movie screen yeah yeah that one like it's all like either a cool setting so it visually is pleasing or there's like the creative fighting yeah the the, the, the sets that they fight on i think serve well yeah they do serve well because they ought like you know everything's choreographed but they just the sets that in which they fight in is is they just work them very well yeah right like they have a lot of showing you she's hidden here while you know the people are walking around there or in the stairwell like it's changing right like she Mm -hmm. gets kicked down the stairs and it's going with her and then or like the scene when they're fighting behind the movie screen you know Okay. It, it like the kick when she gets kicked across. Oh, she, I, I, it follows her. I think you I see what, what you're mean? saying. They they have they follow characters. Like the weapon. Like the fight scenes. The fight scenes change settings, and that's interesting to watch. Yeah. It changes. It changes it up. It it brings you into a new room with. It's new focusing resources more on the and setting and the weapons. I feel like sometimes than it is. In James Bond, where you just it's feel really like just it's like fighting. very like yeah, it's just like the fighting, and you know, mm-hmm. I think that's what even though brings... Bond has cool settings, they don't really like the settings don't have much to do with the fight in he, a way. Yeah, I mean, he's Sometimes, not as res- but... he's not as resourceful. It feels like with the stuff around him. Yeah, and there's like in it this depends. One, there's it like depends. This... I don't know. Yes, there's the cliche: she grabs a pot and beats someone with it. Yeah, love. That. She just uses more stuff. When Bond has to, he definitely does. And we do see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's just not as, it's not his first line of defense. But, yeah, as you're as you're talking about, like, your first impression and, like, the action, I think it was, I think it was 
when there was action, I thought it was welcome, and I thought it didn't go on too long. And if it did, like the stairwell scene, it was like a one-off, and it was really interesting. It wasn't like these Marvel movies where it's a 30-minute action scene at the end, and you're getting bored and tired because, like, who fucking cares? Because you yeah. don't feel anything from it. Yeah. And so to the flip side of that, you said complicated story, right? Yeah, I think that so. the storyline is just, you know, you get lost. If you kind of, It's right. one of those if you blink, you miss it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you check your phone while watching this mm-hmm. you like you, you're just gonna miss something you have to check your phone during the action scenes yeah and they're yeah. not explaining something my uh uh do you want do you want to hear my first impression yeah we can skip it no oh, yeah i like my first impression was is i like this movie the more i watch it and i also liked it more after reading the comic mm. and i, I know i've touched comic. on the comic, comic a little out. bit but there's a couple other differences that are kind of interesting that I want to just tell you and whoever may be interested. In the comic, there was no watch and there's no watchmaker. So there was there was just, quote unquote, this list. Like a knock list. Yeah, there was the list and she was, Broughton was sent to retrieve the list and we eventually find out that there never was a list. Oh, shit. It was all basically a plot to uncover whoever, like, Satchel is and, if it, and like, what Percival's deal was. So she was really used in the comic book to determine, like, those things. And then in the end it it's uh, <coughs> and then it also ends differently in that she is actually just KGB oh really yeah she's so she's not CIA no, so she is satchel but satchel is KGB oh fuck yeah so then there's no CIA and it was kind of like oh fuck like that's that's a bummer and that's after she establishes that Percival like she was she was kind of more like what Percival was in the movie where she framed Percival to be the bad guy, but she was the one making deals with the Russians. She was the one that there was photos taken of. Oh. So it was a little bit different in how it ended, but mm-hmm. they just kind of swapped. I mean, she, in this movie, well. she's still making deals with the Russians too. And then they do the quick, right. Like, but we don't see that until after the debrief. Yeah. So that was, that was interesting. But I like how they make her American, obviously, because we're American. So. America! Fuck yeah! I, don't, I, I like how they ended it. I thought it was fun. Because if you know the comic, you watch it, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, so it's ending how the comic is. It's like, wow! Mm-hmm. Record scratch. She's American, bitch. Yeah. The comic book was black and white. Okay. Like super high contrast black and white. Like there was no gray. It was on paper. It was either black or white. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really cool because it kind of gave that sense of just kind of mystery. Like you don't really see what's in the shadows. You only see what like they want you to see that sort of stuff. And I, and I thought the movie did a good job of kind of continuing that like feel of high contrast but not with black and white but with 
like the really bright neon colors and the dark surroundings or when it's daytime there's like that like uh shadow box type feel where like the the sky is just overcast and it's really bright yeah you know like so they i thought they did a good job of still making it stylistic just because the comic was too but they did it in the, in the way that made sense of the movie on a scale from a to z what would you rate this movie b four i fucking love berlin <laughs> that mashup like the way that that was edited it was so weird right it was a little weird like he like puts a cig in his mouth and they just like show him spitting and screaming that and then she shoots him and then yeah he was kind of like whoa what's going on yeah it was kind of a fever dream yeah for a second yeah i felt that too hmm. Uh, on a scale from A to Z, I would have rated this movie E for espionageception because I kind of felt <laughs> like there was a lot of espionageception going on. Yeah, yeah, cool. Good Do you one. think this movie deserved its rating on IMDb? I think it's way low. It got a yeah. six point seven. I I, I like I think I maybe like this movie more than most people do. I think that the imdb 6.7 was like pretty low like surprisingly low i think okay compared to some of the other movies we've done that have a higher or a higher rating i don't i just i don't know i don't don't know i I think i think people underestimate this movie or i don't or i I, I would give it like a 7.5 i feel like shit okay buddy i really like it i think it's I think it's uh I think there's a lot more to it than just surface level and I think you can if you dive deep into it and you really like sell yourself I'm not saying you have to do that to make it that good of a movie but I feel like if you surrender to the movie and you really get into it it's a vibe but it's a time and place and knowledge thing like once you know a little bit more what the movie's about and understand the espionageception I think you're golden pony boy Mission Impossible got a seven one, and I gave it a six. Uh, I would fuck. I'd really? give this a six and a half. I okay. think it was higher. I think that. I don't remember our ratings, and so I feel like they're all over the place. So I yeah, I guess if we were if we kind of agreed that it was a six, then I'd probably say a. I seven. said it was a six. What did I say? I don't know. What nice, you said. nice research. <laughs> I said it was a six <laughs> because I have it. I rate them all on my IMDb app. Oh. IMDb, send us money. Okay, so you gave it, what, a 6.5? I gave it a 6.5. I drop it down 0.2. And I think that's to say that we need to start Right, we've talked about that. That 6 is a good rating. We've talked about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard because True. our rating scale is different than the IMDb rating We're, scale. Yeah, that's fine. I get it. Sometimes IMDb people are just, you know, every A24 movie that comes out on IMDb is just hammered down by the A24s of the world and are like an eight for weeks at a time when it should be just six. Yeah. Okay. Unless ATJ's in it. So I'm right. saying that's an automatic that point. We need boost. to desensitize ourselves. And, you know, unless it's a fucking hammer, a winner, don't get me wrong, Charlize, you were amazing in this movie. Same to you, McAvoy. And my guy, 
Bill Skarsgård. Great performance. Great role for him. Yeah. I just don't think it's a seven. Sure. In my in my opinion. Sure. I think if they cleaned up the story mm-hmm. to where there weren't so many moving parts, I'd give it a seven. I think I would agree with you before reading the comic. Yes. I think because you get more depth from reading the book or comic you you have that perception and change. you see the differences because there are there, there's a lot of differences chase and you get to appreciate those differences because you see why they made those changes the movie genie grants you one item from this movie what is it her boot. don't say her boots i have it written her boots so she can step on me <laughs> Keeping that in this pod. I'm keeping that. All right, all right. Here's it. Sure. Here's here's my actual one. <laughs> I love how much we're we without talking. Ev- I love how much without ever have in our friendship talking about boots. We both know that it was gonna be a thing for this. Um, I would have so she can step on me. (laughs) Oh fuck! (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Broughton's ability to speak German and Russian. Oh, that's cool. I couldn't think of like a tangible thing really. Mm -hmm. So I and we've mentioned like traits before, and I just think it'd be really. I've always kind of wanted to speak German. Yeah, just always thought that was really cool. And Russian's a bonus. Yeah, speak two languages. Three, mm-hmm. including American. Oh, fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! What would you take? Have? Um, I'm gonna one up you on this, and I just said Lorraine to be my wife. She's the fucking breadwinner. She's taking home that CIA yeah. money. Wouldn't you be scared? I of could just losing sit here her? and do the pot all day. Well, she's running around. She ain't gonna. She ain't gonna die. Oh, you're right. She might be. She's probably sleeping around on me, doing her little espionage. Well, she has thing, to do what she has to do. Chase. I'm secure. We're here, make we're we're doing what we have to do, yeah. And we're watching movies without her. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's movies she may want to see, and we have to watch them without her. And she's basically doing that too. Yeah. Tough love. Maybe with other French spies, but you know, to each their own. <sighs> as long as she came home at night and loved me, unconditionally, and also, <laughs> unconditionally, and also. Her, what do you think you bring to her the relationship? Sense, her sense of style, too. I think she has a great sense of style. Oh, yeah. 100%. The glasses, the coats, the boots, the Everything. dresses. We'd, you'd have to live somewhere cold, though. And she's resourceful. Yeah. I'd be like, honey, we don't have a Phillips head screwdriver. I can't screw this in. She'll probably MacGyver. Some, like, she'll pull her she fucking heel her off. Yeah. And, you know, so. I would be the best stay-at-home dad for her me too i would make i would that would be a happy life that's a really good answer to that question that i had never even thought of she would be ah, god dude i don't think she would actually be that good of a life oh dude she would fucking but it doesn't matter she she would be one of those she'd be one of those girls you wouldn't see her cry every night yeah i'd cry every night i'd be i love you and she would just be like "Ah, your spare parts bud Two fictional <clears throat> awards this movie would win. Uh, best 
female spy award. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Best continuous fight scene award. Stairwell fight? Yeah. Yeah. When I first saw that in theaters, I was shocked. Mm -hmm. And I think it still holds up. It's still awesome. Yeah. And just... It's a good one. One in a million. It's a good one, Fight scene. That'd be my uh, two awards. I have... These boots were made for espionage, and that's just what they'll do. Award. We have to have a boot counter (laughs) on this. (laughs) All right, what's your second award? Kick-ass female lead award. Kick-ass boots award. (laughs) (laughs) Kick-ass female? Female lead award, yeah. I mean, your, your spy one was really good. Cue the fucking drinking game. Let's play a game, just me and you. You want to drink? Drink to your leg. I'll drink to your leg. Okay, so we drink our legs. <laughs> Don't be such a square. Everybody who's anybody drinks. I drink your milkshake. Why is the rum gone? What would be so? Hair of the dog that bit me. Bourbon on the rocks. That'll do it. The ultimate movie feeders drinking game to Atomic Blonde is take a sip when there's a shot of alcohol being poured. Take a sip when there's a shot of Broughton's shoes. Take a sip when a spray paint graphic shows up on the screen. Take a sip when they show the watch. And finish your drink when the wall falls. Booyah. I just want to say thank you for showing me this movie because I had never seen it before. Once again, that's two in a row. Thank you. I'm making up. I'm making up for... Old times. Some lost time. Glad you liked it. Yeah. I think it's a fun movie. I was glad to revisit it. It's been a while since I watched it. Yeah. I kind of get in these modes where I just like get into like spy shit. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm in that right now. I know, I can tell. 